The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. It's time for The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. Sound off on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Hit the guys up on the Riverwind Casino calling line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. It's probably been the quote of the week so far. Peyton Bowen earlier this week saying, yeah, okay. SMU's played Tulsa and La Tech. They ain't playing anyone like OU. Which uh, Tulsa just got randomly dragged into that one, didn't they? Man, right, TU's right. Just they did its own business. <laughs> TU, TU hasn't played them since last October, <laughs> and they put up thirty-four on them. Jeez, I mean, Tulsa. You know, Tulsa will catch enough heat next weekend. Let's let's leave Tulsa out yeah. of it for today. Come on, yeah. Peyton. No kidding, man. No, I I um I I tend to like that from Peyton Bowen. It's you know, maybe the defense got some confidence, got a little swagger back, got to prove it this weekend, can't give up 42 points after saying something like that. But I don't know, man, I, I just I, I, to, I don't totally dislike what Peyton Bowen said earlier this week about the defense. No, and he's a smart guy, you know. We've talked about over and over his football IQ and and what kind of playmaker he is there on the back end. You saw it, obviously, he was making the tackle as Kanai Walker ripped the ball uh, out of the uh, out of the uh, Arkansas State Red Wolves' hands. And, 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 and he'll talk a little bit about it for sure, but, man, it's always risky as a DB, isn't it, Tyler? It's always risky as a DB to say, nah, they haven't seen anything like us, because often you'll be out there on an island, and I don't think there's a DB walking the earth that hasn't got got at some point. So uh, hopefully the Peyton Bowen can can take one of those overthrown balls that I think we'll see from Preston Stone at one point, take it off and, and, and take it to the house or something because he's just the nature of the position. You're going to get got at some point. By the way, I just want to say thanks again to, to Bob Soups. That's the second year in a row that he's joined Travis and I virtually at his own golf tournament out here with a bunch of his buddies and a lot of his former players out there. He doesn't have to take time for us, and that's the second consecutive year where he has taken time out for us to talk a little football. So really appreciate that. I It's just I, I don't know if we deserve Travis that, that Travis. In, in fact, I don't think that we do, but the fact that he took time out again for us once again is very, very appreciated. What was the uh, most revealing thing uh, in your mind that he said with on with us last segment? Um, well, I like that he brought up the linebackers, you know, because we've been talking about defensive line play uh, consistently, right? I mean, it's it's what we talk about with recruiting all summer, Tyler. We said, you know, who are the big four? You know, who are this, that, and the other? You know, let's go crazy for the Winery recruitment and the Stone recruitment and the McKinley recruitment and all this kind of stuff. Like, it's what has been such a focal point when it comes to recruiting that Bob says, well, you know, hey, front seven, man, those linebackers are important too. And, you know, he says it. I couldn't agree more. Who am I to argue first and foremost? But also Brent Venables being a linebacker guy. And it excites me because, Tyler, what that linebacker room looks like now when you look at guys like Kip Lewis, like, you know, even with Sammy Amosigo coming through with, you know, Jaron Kanick and Kobe McKenzie and Lewis Carter and Phil Pachotti and all that. Like, you've got – it's such – 
it's such a good room from where it was that when he brought that up, I just kind of smiled a little bit. Yeah. Well, and, and you say from where it was, like from where it was in the month of what March before spring ball really really started to take off, it looks completely different than what it did six months ago. And I, I've mentioned this a couple of times with Teddy, but I, I truly do believe it. Like if we're talking about the backers in the situation right now, you'll bring up Stutzman, you'll bring up Canick, you'll bring up McKenzie, you'll bring up Kip Lewis. Like that's four linebackers that you probably bring up first. And that's not mentioning Lewis Carter who Brent Venables felt like was the best player in the state of Florida in last year's recruiting class. And, oh, by the way, we've heard uh, what a beast he already is in the weight room. So it's it's the guys they have playing right now, though they're not a finished product, but it's the guys that they have playing major snaps right now, but the guys that haven't played just yet. I, I truly think, Travis, that they're in a spot going into next year um, to where this could be the best and the deepest linebacker position group that they've had in over a decade. I, I think that they're in that they're kind of in that area to make that happen. Yeah, well and it's not shocking, is it? I mean you, you bring in Brent Venables who may be the preeminent linebacking mind that's walking the earth right now and you get that guy a bunch of you know a bunch of guys like like Lewis Carter, like Sammy Amosigo, these young guys that are just freak athletes. I mean you saw Sammy Amosigo run side by side with Gavin Freeman on that punt return, blocking people, and then escorted them in side by side as they ran into the end zone. I mean, that guy's a big old dude. You you let you let Brent Venables have a few years to develop those guys into what they want to be. I mean, and then the added depth only helps, right, Tyler? When you look at last year's snaps through three games, Uguebu, Stutzman, and Sean White all had over 155 snaps through three games. They, those three led the team in that. That was your linebacking core, essentially, and one of them should have been playing defensive end. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's what's fascinating is we're so much deeper and they're being developed so much better. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line 405-651-3439 on this OEC Football Friday. I love it if we hold them to less than 21. Very tenacious, but this defense hasn't had any swagger in a while. Uh, Sarks Vodka says, to be fair, we played Arkansas State, LOL, but I still love the confidence. Peyton says, sorry, I had to tune out for a minute, but Peyton Bowen is going to be an absolute superstar at OU, and the only reason that sentence is true is because he forgot to sign his name on a piece of paper. I think um, forgot AM, PM. Yeah, well, yeah. You're, you're going to see Peyton Bowen tomorrow, man, and is he going to be an absolute superstar at OU? I mean, he's not yet, but like every bit of information that we have up to this point would lead you to believe that that is absolutely in the cards for him. Like, we can only go off of what has happened up to this point, and we've seen a spring game and one game with Peyton Bowen, but really, in the two times we've seen him in action in an OU uniform, something spectacular has happened around him defensively at least once. Yeah. And, and I think, Tyler, you know, at times under the previous staff, you couldn't really trust him because it feels like they didn't trust information getting out there at times. They were a little bit paranoid at times. And I feel like with this staff so far, Tyler, there were three things that we heard all, all summer, all spring, all fall. The three things were competitive depth, Gavin Freeman is the real deal, 
and Tawi Walker keeps showing up and impressing. What did we see in game one, Tyler? Tawi Walker got the first carry. Gavin Freeman had 100 yards in the first quarter, including the first return touchdown since 2016, and a bunch of competitive depth. I think it's about time, Tyler, we start believing this coaching staff. And what has the coaching staff said about Peyton Bowen? They said he's beyond his years. He's going to be a star. Yeah. Well, we, we've talked uh, mostly about the defense this week just because of the challenge that SMU is offensively, or at least that we think they are offensively going into this game. But this is this is an interesting test for the OU offense as well. What SMU had six sacks last weekend against Louisiana Tech. Um, offensively, you want to see what? Would it be the run game, bigger plays in the run game than, than a week ago? What's What's the big thing offensively we need to look for tomorrow? You know, I, I think the run, I think the run game will kind of take care of itself a little bit here. What I'm looking for, honestly, as much as I would love to see that, you know, I would I would love to see Dylan Gabriel play as well as he did last week. If Dylan Gabriel, if this truly is a new leaf that he's turning, with how crisp he looked, with how good he looked on his deep balls, I mean, so decisive. I mean, so many plays, I mean, darn near every play in Levy's playbook has three different options on it either you you know you hand the ball off a lot of times or there or there's you know some type of quick throw you keep it as dylan gabriel or you go downfield with the throw like there's there's always options so jackson arnold said in in postgame presser that what impressed him about dylan's performance was his decision making he was crisp in his decisions and i think that if Dylan Gabriel can be that crisp in his decisions moving forward. He's going to throw the ball with that much more confidence. He can throw it to receivers that go up and get the ball and come down with it. I, I think I think if we see the same Dylan Gabriel that we saw last week, then then I think we really are cooking. Sure. Yeah, I, I really want to see a big game by the running backs. They weren't bad last week. I think they were solid across the board. Um, no one had over, what, 50 yards rushing, but the, the carries were split so much. I I came into this year with a lot of confidence with the running backs. Bob Stoops, who was just on last segment, um, he's been very, very high on the running backs after seeing them throughout training camp. But I think that that group is special or has the ability to be special. So I want to see Barnes break off a big run or two. I want to see Tawie Walker level some people. Like, not just take what's there in the run game because of the offensive line. Travis, I want to start seeing tomorrow – some of the special talent at running back that we keep talking about, break a tackle from a backer and get to you know get get to the second level of the D. You know what I mean? Like just great individual plays from those uh, from those running backs to where we walk out and say, yeah, that's not a great SMU defense, but there were some great individual plays making guys miss by those backs. Yeah, exactly. You want to see him pop, right? You you want to be able to look at the field and say, "Oh, that's the dude that we were so excited about." You know what I mean? So, no, I I agree. And there were a couple times on the rewatch, Tyler, that I I looked at, I looked at a run and I saw them kind of get up to that second level and thought to myself, "Ooh, that's that's a touchdown with Gavin Sawchuk. That's a touchdown with Gavin Sawchuk." And and really that home run speed being there, I think, is important. And I think the way that Arkansas State had planned to play the game. Uh, you know, it, it it was tough on the running backs. Like, they left our receivers on islands. When you go back and watch the game, a lot of those deep passes, there's not a safety within, like, 30 yards of the play. They were pulling the safeties down into the box. They obviously had the linebackers. There. I mean, they had nine people in the box a lot of the times, Tyler. And, and unless you're Adrian Peterson, 
you're going to have a tough time running on, on nine-man boxes. And they just said, you know what, Dylan Gabriel, Jackson Arnold, you guys are going to have to beat us through the air against our position group we feel best about, which is their corners. And uh, bad news for Arkansas State, they went 30 for 33. So, yeah. Yeah, well, this is to the text line as well, by the way, uh, 405-651-3439. We've seen one week from these backs. Now, we didn't see Gavin Sawchuck. He should be able to go tomorrow. But we thought for so long that it was going to be Sawchuck and Barnes. That's your one-two. Do we do we still feel that way after week one? Need to see more from both of those guys for that to be the case? Like, Travis, I'll ask you, and then we'll get to some texts. Like, where are we at going into game two with how this running back situation is going to pan out? Because... There's a lot of backs that got carries last week, and I bet there's a lot of backs that get carries tomorrow as well. Yeah, I think there will be, but I, I, I'm, I'm still holding pretty pretty true. Javante Barnes still led the team in carries. Gavin Sawchuk didn't play. Obviously, we expect him to be a massive part of the offense from everything we've heard, everything we've seen so far, uh, in, in what little we've seen of him. I still think they're probably your guys with the highest upside. I do, think, I do like the idea of, Sawchuck and Barnes kind of having that kind of first half, uh, everything in the first half, maybe through three quarters. And then as defenses are tired, you throw in Tawi Walker or Marcus Major, some of your bigger hitting, bigger bodied guys, and said, hey, these guys have fresh legs. Have fun dealing with them. Or a guy like yeah. Dalen Smothers who drove a guy like five or six yards on a, a second and uh, like a, I think it was a second and six play uh, last week. I mean, he was stopped way short put his helmet into a guy's chest, and drove him to where it was a comfortable first down. When you get those guys coming off the bench late and, and those are your closers, man, that's an important role for a football team. I'm, I'm, I was convinced going into the year, but I'm, I'm still really convinced now, man. Um, Tommy Walker is going to be a big part of this run game, not, not just this week or just through the rest of the non-conference. Like Tommy Walker is going to be a big part of this offense the entire year. And maybe that's just a short yardage or – third down, second half back like you're talking about, but Tawi Walker's not going away anytime soon. And that's why I think tomorrow, like Marcus Major still like he's still going to get a decent amount of carries tomorrow. He's not going to get fifteen, but he may get seven or eight. I think a guy like a game tomorrow for Marcus Major to look like the best running back, look like the second best running back, he's got to take advantage of these situations, Travis, because at some point Barnes and Sawchuck, I think, are going to rise to the top. Tawi Walker, I think, is just going to be there all year long. Like I said, like Marcus Major has to start taking advantage of these opportunities. And not that tomorrow is his final chance, but, man, he's really got to make something big happen, I think. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's still early. It's still early. You know, how much of this, Tyler, do you think is, you know, let's keep everything hidden until Texas? Like, how, how much – just put it put a quick percentage on it with offensive and defensive play calling how much of a percentage do you think we're holding back until red river well i think uh defensively it was about 95 percent last week um i still I, I think you're gonna see a lot more tomorrow but like percentage wise i don't know man 50 percent probably I, I i don't know if that's too high M- maybe go um how about go like a 30% somewhere there? Like there's definitely going to be some things, at least I think on both sides, that you're going to show for that game that you don't do at any point before. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And that and, and that's the thing. It's with, with Iowa State's troubles now that they've found, 
And then with, you know, Cincinnati, we'll see what they're like. Let's see if Emery can keep on scoring at the rate that he's scoring. But I think a lot of this talk is like, I just don't think we're seeing, like, even after this week, I don't think we'll see anywhere close to what we look like against Texas. I think that's, you know, a lot has been put into that game, and, and we'll see how Texas looks by then. But a lot has been put into that game as, hey, look, if there's one game on this schedule that you need to win this year, it's that game. So, yeah. I mean, heck, keep Austin Stogner in bubble wrap till then for all I care. Uh, what's going on at Riverwind? Man, this is my first time here, Tyler, uh, doing a radio remote, and I can see why y'all love it so much, especially it Steely. My, section. It's incredible, man. I got their own section. You got your own signage. Riverwind welcomes KREF. They've got REO Speedwagon here tonight, which ought to be awesome, right outside Chips and Ales. Uh, I got a lot of traffic going through there, a lot of SMU traffic around here right now. So hmm. uh, I, guess they're, uh, I guess they're trying to get rid of some of that trust fund before they uh, see the game tomorrow. But, um, no, uh, awesome out here. Riverwind, I've, like I said, I've, I'm excited to be out here. I've I've long been jealous of all y'all hanging out out here. So now it's come come by, come hang out. I'm right outside Chips and Ales, and uh, you know it's it's almost five o'clock, Tyler. So Let's you go. know what that means. Sam Pittman, yeah, gonna join us here in about 38 minutes. Let's go. Uh, okay, 405-651-3439 is the Kenneth Meyer Chevrolet text line. We'll talk more OU football coming up next right here on the Ref. A true Sooner fan wouldn't be caught dead without the KREF app. Join the Army. Get the app. Tell your friends. This is The Ref, where diehard Sooner fans listen. OEC Football Friday, live on The Ref, where the home of Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Travis is at the Riverwind Casino and Hotel. I'm at the Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club for Bob Stoops Golf Tournament. Appreciate Bob for hopping on with us uh, last hour. And it's time for our Under the Radar segment, brought to you by Board Street Ventures. Board Street Ventures is a venture capital firm that provides funding and guidance for promising under-the-radar suitor startups. Learn how you can help support OU innovation at boystreetventures.com. Like everything else, we want text line participation in the uh, -the under-the-radar player heading into Saturday. Travis, while you think about an under-the-radar player going into 5 p.m. tomorrow, I'll give you an under-the-radar. I may give you two. But I have one under-the-radar storyline offensively, and I'm not worried about it whatsoever. I'm more interested than anything. There were so many wide receivers last week that were involved, had multiple catches and multiple big plays. Under-the-radar storyline for me, do they make a real effort, especially early on, to get the ball in Jaleel Farouk's hands? Do they run some things offensively to get him out in the open field? Do they try to hit him down the field on a go ball to get him going? Not much action last week from Farouk. Do they make a real effort tomorrow to get him more involved in the offense? Yeah, I think they do. I think they know what they have in in Jaleel, and what they have is a guy that is absolute hell to try and bring down once he's got the ball in his hands. But I also think he doesn't have the best hands on the team. Now, that doesn't mean he's got, you know, Kadarius Tony hands or anything like that. But Hope not. Hope not. uh, Yeah, anything like that. But... Um, keep in mind, Kadarius Tony was the guy that Florida fans told us that if he would have played against us in that bowl game, they would have beat us, but uh, that's neither here nor there. But, um, yeah, with Jaleel Farouk, I think we saw it a lot last year. Uh, they would hand the ball off to him. They would get him beyond the line of scrimmage. I don't think necessarily they trust him to get downfield and just put his guy on skates and get open, uh, not jump up and get 50-50 balls like a Jaden Gibson or a Nick Anderson or somebody like that or even a blow by somebody like an Andrell Anthony might do. 
Uh, but they just know that he's so hard to tackle that I think you're right. I think they're going to try and get creative in the way that they get him the ball, for sure. Another under-the-radar storyline that was not solved last week, and honestly, best-case scenario, that it wasn't really solved at all. I, th- I think OU's still in a punter battle, but we really didn't um, we didn't get much clarity on that uh, last Saturday. So maybe we go into the Tulsa weekend, still not knowing what's going on at punter, but uh, we'll, we'll see if OU has to punt more than one time like they did last week. Yeah, well, I hope not. I hope not. I, I hope we don't get to... I hope we don't get, you know, I hope we get into conference play with still just wondering who our punter is. I mean, that that would be nice. But, you know, it's it's funny because a punter is a massive weapon. What is it? Texas A&M is punter you, according to ESPN. Yes. Punter is a massive weapon if you're having to punt a lot, right? And if the defense can can make the strides that we hope to make, then hopefully, uh, you know, we're not needing every single yard down on the other end. I think, I think having a serviceable, serviceable punter at worst, I think we'll be fine. Uh, I'll tell you an under the radar player that's getting a lot of love right now on the text line: Blake Smith, four hundred five. Blake Smith. I think he could see some looks in the red zone up the middle this week. That's from Kaysen. Well, that that's that's kind of interesting i mean last week obviously stogner was not used in the game plan very much uh when blake smith kind of caught that one outside and got that big chunk play that 28 yard reception that was his only catch of the game but i I think he kind of freaked out a little bit i don't think he realized he was going to be that open or at least he that 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 he was going to be able to slip the tackle he got on the other side of the defense and kind of looked around like, oh, 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 crap! I wasn't, uh, I wasn't ready to be out here. Didn't exactly show the breakaway speed that uh, I think a lot of people were looking for. But hey, you know what? Who knows? We need a second tight end to step up. I think that's obviously why he played so much. But yeah, we, 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 we I would welcome Blake Smith being the under radar player of the game. It's a who good is, sign if he is. Who is the uh, who's the under, under the radar player tomorrow? Who is it? For me, it's Caleb Hicks. Caleb Hicks, I think, I know we talked about the running back room. I know we get Sawchuck back. Caleb Hicks is a guy that early in spring, or early in uh, fall camp, they were talking about how his body, you know, was really matured, you know, how he took Smitty very well. He rushed for 4.7 yards a carry against Arkansas State, including that touchdown run. I don't know. I just, I really like the way he runs the ball, but... I know it's going to be hard to get out of that uh, kind of that running back scrum, but I, I like Caleb Hicks to have a better game than he had week one. I don't know if he's going to have the touchdown, but I think he's going to put up uh, some chunk yardage. You know, we were talking about it yesterday on the show, and it, it kind of depends on what happens in front of him or, I guess, around him really, but is Caleb Hicks a guy that's going to play all year long or is Caleb Hicks going to play in four games and they keep that red shirt? That all depends on Barnes and Sawchuck and, and Major and, again, what, what's what's around him. But I don't know what they would prefer, but I don't think it's just a given that Caleb Hicks redshirts this year. I, there is absolutely a scenario where he plays in every single game this year. Yeah, well, I mean, here's a question, Tyler. If you're recruiting like DeMarco Murray's recruiting, would you ever redshirt a running back? Uh, probably, <laughs> probably not at this point. The way that it I looks, mean, Jeez. I mean, I mean, just being honest here, like, 
what advantage do you have to retring? Do you think you're going to look at year five Caleb Hicks and go, oh, God, I wish we had, you know, or year four of Caleb Hicks and going, man, I wish we had another year of this guy. I don't know what we're going to do with Taylor Tatum and Xavier Robinson and Andy Bass and, and Dalen Smothers. Year, and maybe you're a little bit more willing to say, yeah, red shirt be damned. We're going to get you as many snaps as possible, especially with what's coming next year. I, I, don't, I, I don't know if that's the thought process or not, but it's, it could be a factor. Well, I think Brent touched on that, too. He's like, we're trying to win. Like, we're trying to win games here. Like, we can't, we can't get so caught up in, you know, what the future is and all that. Like, we need to win every single week. We're going to do what it takes to win every single week, right? He talked about last year he wanted to play the young. He should have played the younger players more. Now, that totally could be a situation where it's just hindsight's twenty twenty, and said, Psh, if I knew we were going 6-7, and seven, I would have cleared the bench. Or if he truly believed that there's an advantage in playing younger players, and we're seeing that now, and we'll see that going forward. So that's something to monitor with Venables. But, again, the running back recruiting, DeMarco Murray has pretty much, I mean, I know Caden Durham got off to LSU. I get it. Like, and, and before the text line chews me up and says, well, he doesn't have just a, you know three five stars in every class, I get it. But for the most part, DeMarco Murray is getting whoever he wants. At some point, you know, you're, you're going to have to take a light running back class. So I don't think we will ever, as long as he's the coach here, ever need to redshirt a running back. Gundy says under the radar player will be the fifth string running back this week. Uh, four seven nine Sooner fan from the four seven nine. I think Blake Smith gets two red zone tutties. Kip Lewis leads the team in tackles and finishes with two sacks. The Blake Smith fan club is uh, alive and well in the text line today. How about that? They're, they're small, is, but they're uh, mighty. Everyone is uh, more optimistic about the tight end position. Apparently, how about that? Didn't uh, didn't necessarily see that one coming. Uh, okay, four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Travis is at the Riverwind Casino and Hotel. I am at Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club. With more OU football next right here on The Ref. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. OEC Football Friday. Right here on The Rush, Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. We got you until 6 p.m. tonight right here on The Ref. See you, Nebraska, coming your way 11 a.m. tomorrow. And, Travis, that ticket is more expensive than any week one NFL game uh, coming up this week. I think the cheapest was $400 earlier this week just to get into the doors there at Folsom Field. See you, Nebraska. Um, Is... Colorado hated nationally now. I mean, what, what's the situation with them? What's the situation with OU fans? How does everyone feel about CU and all the uh, attention they're getting with Coach Prime? Well, you've got to tip their cap, obviously, for their win over TCU. TCU made a lot of mistakes. I know they lost a lot of talent. I, I, I think it's important that the phrase, you know, oh. Uh, Colorado beat the national runner-ups. No, they didn't. The national runner-ups had an OC leave. They had a Heisman candidate leave. They had a Thorpe Award winner leave. They had a first-round wide receiver leave. They had 14 players leave, uh, I believe, to the NFL. So, I mean, it's a big win. Their defense has got to get fixed. I mean, you, you have an interception down in the red zone and all this, that, and the other, all these highlight defensive plays. Well, how did t- TCU score so dang much then? So defense is going to get fixed. The score is going to be 100-98 to 98 whenever they match up with Lincoln Riley and the USC Trojans. But, 
Um, you got to give them his credit, man. They were 20-and-a-half-point dogs, and, uh, and and they won the game. I still don't think they're going to be very good, but the problem is you have Colorado fans, and then you have Dion fans, and before you engage in any online debate, make sure you know which of those you're arguing with because you will have to tailor your argument to that to, with that information. Yeah, I just, I just wonder where everyone else is um, because people are going to watch tomorrow. I'm going to watch tomorrow. I can't wait to watch that game at 11 a.m. On, on Big Noon kickoff. It's probably going to be the second highest rated game uh, tomorrow behind Alabama and Texas, at least I would guess. But with since everyone's going to be watching, who's everyone rooting for? Or are people just intrigued to see what happens next and not necessarily rooting for or against Colorado? I just I, I don't think that they're hated nationally to the level of Alabama or USC or Ohio State. Like they're they're not hated like that yet. I just I, getting the overall temperature of them is is quite interesting. Yeah, I think I think most people probably are. I mean. If you did a if you did a national poll, I think ninety percent of people would be rooting for Nebraska this week. I mean, it's I think people are tired of it in the news cycle already. Now I think they're a little bit uh, worried that you know their initial projections and predictions might uh, come back to bite them. Little old takes exposed, freezing cold take style. Uh, because Dion, he's made it very clear he's going to call you out. And, uh, you know, if you said anything, he reads all the press clippings. He was asking for them on Twitter. Said, hey, go ahead and send them to me. I want to see everybody who doubted us. Well, I think I think a lot of people are ready for, for, for that to, you know, be put on the back burner a little bit. But, Tyler, what do OU fans always say about OU's ranking? Man, I'd rather be under the radar. Rather be under the radar. Well, with a guy like Prime in the news, everybody else is under the radar. Maybe save for Texas. Jimmy from Broken Arrow, I have to mute Prime every time he's talking. Um, Brad from Shawnee says, I'm pulling for Nebraska tomorrow. 515, I really like Matt Rule. So that's a pretty good indication of where OU fans are at right now. Uh, LaDonna from Lubbock, I love CU. I'm not a Dion fan. And here's a fascinating question for the 918. What would have happened in an alternate timeline where Oklahoma was able to hire Coach Prime instead of Brent Venables? Yeah, that is definitely an alternate timeline where, where that, is, Very that is the case. Yeah, I don't think that would have been signed off on. I mean, sure, he's going to – here's the thing. He's done well so far. He's brought Colorado a lot of attention. But there is a reason the 1-11 team hired him, and a lot of other teams that had openings did not. And, and he may prove us all wrong. Tyler, the guy might be the greatest coach of all time. But – with his current resume, he got the he got the best job available, right? Like you're he's he was he was out for the best option, and the best option for him was the 111 at the time Pac-12 team, Colorado Buffaloes. So, I mean, I just don't think that would have to be quite the different timeline, quite the different alternate reality, because I don't think oh you would have looked twice at him. No, no, I. I and I, like, regardless of what happens in the future, I think that still stays true. Which, knowing, you know, I, knowing how OU handles things, like yeah. communications-wise, and and very Oklahoma City thunderish, right? Like everything, culture, culture. How many times have you heard Bob talk about culture? Barry talk about culture? You know, Brent talk about culture, all that. And Dion shows up and says, "Ah, culture doesn't matter." Yeah, that's all you needed to know. 
about about whether Dion will ever coach at Oklahoma. 405, never been more of a Nebraska fan in my life. Just shut up and play football. Uh, Spins in Tulsa says, I want Nebraska to win just for the drama and how the national media will burn down over it. 310, nope, rooting for Colorado and Dion. Knowing Dion for many years, he does have a softer side. He just doesn't uh, show that side to the media. Um, 918, imagine a coach like Prime with a quarterback like Baker Mayfield. Ooh, that'd be fascinating. Um, Cruton therapist, Prime is the draw, makes us want to see what happens next. And I'm becoming a fan of Shadur Sanders, not Colorado. Blue Whale Sooner, Coach Prime is great for college football. Everyone is talking about him. He beat the national runner-up. I, for one, am a bandwagon buff. You're right about that, Blue Whale Sooner. He's definitely great for college football and its viewership because I am I, I, I am so in on that game at 11 a.m. tomorrow, man. I cannot, oh, yeah. watch to wait. I cannot wait to watch a team that won one game last year and another team that won, what, four games? They won three or four games last year in Nebraska. They didn't even combine for six wins last year, and I can't wait for that game tomorrow. Oh, oh, for sure. And, again, I, I mean, people can say whatever they want. I, I don't, I don't know, the phrase, they beat the national runners-up. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. The national runners-up was last year's TCU Horned Frogs with different coaching, with different players, with first-rounders gone, with their quarterback gone, with all this. That is not the team, and I think we'll see this throughout the year, Tyler, that was not the team that played in the national championship a year ago and, oh, got beat worse than any team that has ever played in the national title game. So it, you know, it Which may th- have been. Thanks to them for that. That, that really yeah, helped appreciate some, that. Uh, ease some painful memories from 20 years ago. Did us a solid, no doubt. But, but you can't say, oh, that's the uh, national title uh, runner-up that they beat. But is, it, it is, is it a 6-7 and seven team that beat Arkansas State? Because most of the time on these airwaves, we're talking about how much different this team is than last year. And we didn't have as much turnover as TCU did. Prime is a modern-day Schnellenberger. Total clown, says Sam in Tulsa. Dang. Wow. Wow, Sam. 918, screw Nebraska, go Buffs. We need the Husker loss to make the Bricks Road to a verbal commit easier. Three laughing face emojis. Les says, I like Prime when he was a Cowboy. Um, I, I, I almost feel like Grant Briggs probably doesn't even care who uh, who wins the games. I Maybe I'm wrong about that. Like, if Nebraska's bad enough, it could have an influence. But he just seems like the kid that's like, yeah, whatever. That's that's fine. Well, I mean, uh, it, it, may affect, it may affect the timeline a little bit. But Grant Briggs, I mean, Parker talks about it all the time. Like, the reason he's getting pulled to Nebraska is because it's close to home. They've got a good ag program, you know, and he's – Really low maintenance. Nebraska, you know that 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 he doesn't need all the bells and the whistles and the and the the big time blue blood status and all this kind of thing. But when you look at OU, he knows it's his best path to the NFL. He loves Jerry Schmidt. He loves Bill Bedenboe. So essentially, I don't think it's the football side that's really gonna pull it into Nebraska's favor at all. It's gonna be if the kid wants to stay home and you know really emphasize the ag side of his life then he'll go to Nebraska. If he wants to prioritize the football side of his life, I think he goes to Oklahoma. It's simple as that. What's going on at Riverwind? Man, a lot. Man, people have been walking in. You can tell they're getting off work. They've got the REO Speedwagon show tonight at the Showplace Theater. 
You've got chips and ales right behind me. All these booths are starting to fill up. Uh, somebody won a little bit of money right behind me a second ago. I was I I, I held out my, my my cup here as a tip jar, but they rolled right by me. Um, but yeah, they uh, lot lots of good. I'm hearing a lot of bells and the ones that are associated with big wins, not just the oh you got a nickel back. You know what I mean? So uh, great time out here. They've got their VIP set up uh, right here for us at KRF. Uh, really rolled out the red carpet for us. So come and check us out. We'll be out here till six. Who gets the first carry tomorrow? Who's going to get the most carries tomorrow, more importantly? We'll discuss that next. It is an OEC Football Friday right here on The Rush. This hour of The Rush is brought to you by Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers. Check out your local dealers for great purchase and lease deals on the full line of Buicks and GMC trucks. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of The Rush on an OEC Football Friday. Tyler McComish, Travis Davidson. Uh, SMU is going with the all whites tomorrow here in Norman. I gotta say, it's a pretty clean look. Are uh, are we ready to say that this is the top three uniform matchup that we're going to see this year? I like this look by SMU. Oh yeah, I do. I think they've always had really good looks. Uh, you know, they've and 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 I think it's a situation where since they you know don't have a ton of. I don't know. They, they they don't have a ton of media coverage. They don't, you know, get covered like an OU or something like that. Like they're able to get a little uh, wilder with the uh, with the combinations. And no, I really like their branding. Really, really like their branding. And and yeah, I would say it's up there. I always like the uh, the matchup, the uh, helmet matchup. Obviously, OU Texas. Um, but other than that, we don't have a ton of great ones this year. No, OU Cincinnati could be cool. It'd be cooler if they it was a night game. Sounds like this is gonna be an 11 a.m. game. But if it was a night game and Cincinnati was going with the all-black and then you'd have the OU Road Whites, best-looking college football, of course, that one would have been awesome. Um, or I guess still could be at 11 a.m. But, yeah, this all-whites from SMU are, are clean, man. I, I like those a lot. Brad from Shawnee says Marcus Major will have the first carry tomorrow. Well, if you want to go off of the first depth chart that we saw, he was listed as an or with Tawie Walker. So I guess there could be a chance that, well, he was listed as a starter with Tawi. We'll give Marcus Major the first carry for the SMU game. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that Tawi Walker gets the first carry. They're going to they're gonna ride the hot hand. I, I think it's the exact same as last week, Travis. Tawi Walker gets the first carry tomorrow, but Barnes gets the most carries tomorrow and leads the team in rushing. Yeah, I I mean I I couldn't agree more, Tyler. Uh, I think I think they kind of. Again, kind of go with again, like we saw. Now we'll see how much Gavin Sawchuck plays into this. If they, if they feel like they need to get him the ball a little bit more, it could be a situation, Tyler, like we saw uh, with Jaquez Petaway, where just depending on what the defense does and what the read is, you could get more carries or more looks or this, that, or the other. Are they going to design specific things to to? specifically get and intentionally get the ball to certain backs sure sure i'm sure if they see a, a matchup they like or something like that but um yeah i'm I, i'm lockstep with you i think this is a uh a Tawi walker and probably marcus major a little bit early but then javante kind of gets the bulk of the carries yeah good opportunity for him to i guess reassert himself as the uh, number one back on this team because like jeff levy said that they get a hot hand, they're, they're going to roll with it in this game, and I, I think it could be him. Cherokee Sooner says, nope, Dylan Gabriel has the first carry. Keep the SMU defense honest. I actually don't hate that, um, Cherokee Sooner. I actually like that a lot. Yeah. Because the quarterback run game, like design quarterback run game, 
wasn't really a thing last week against Arkansas State. Like, he ran for a touchdown. But they're going to run the ball more with Dylan Gabriel. And I think they're not going to unleash it where he's carrying it eight, nine times. But I think OU's going to put on film like, hey, watch out. We might run a little zone read stuff here where Dylan Gabriel keeps the ball and runs with it. So I'm not going to be shocked at all if we see that in the first series where Dylan Gabriel runs it on a design keeper. No, and I, and, and I think, again, it, it gets back to the decision-making that I touched on earlier. I think they're going to keep those options open. Uh, I think I think it may feel like it's designed for him because I think he's going to be a little more apt to keep it now that he trusts his health and he's got a, a backup he trusts. We'll see. We'll see. But, I, hey, I like Dylan running the ball personally. Kenny the Plumber, I feel like they're saving Sawchuck. If the game is tight, we will see him a lot, I think. Maybe they need to get him going, though. Need to get yep. Sawchuck going, get him in the uh, in the flow of the run game. Final hour on a Football Fridays next right here on The Ref. Sound off any time of day on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Right here on the home of Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. 